authority. Oh, now I have a microphone. Um, I am uh, Raphael Mandelman. I uh, chair this board. Our vice chair is Aaron Peskin. Um, our, with uh, SFGovTV, we have Kalina Mendoza. Our clerk today is Elijah Saunders. Um, and I want to note that Commissioner Chan is not going to be able to attend today, and so I am excusing her from today's meeting. And with that, uh, Mr. Saunders, will you please call the roll? Uh, Commissioner Dorsey? Present. Dorsey present. Commissioner Manelman? Present. Manelman present. Commissioner Marr? Present. Marr present. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar present. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan present. Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie absent. Commissioner Walton? Walton present. present. Stephanie present. Great. Um, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, before calling our next item, oh, actually, I believe you have um, uh, your public comment announcement. Yes, I do. Uh, for members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the legislative chamber, room 250 in City Hall. Or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001, and when prompted, entering access code 2495-385-4046, and then press pound and pound again. You'll be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again or you will be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, you, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public in attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speaker's queue on the telephone line. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Clerk. Uh, before calling our next item, as chair, I am invoking Rule 3.26 from the Rules of Order to limit total public comment to 30 minutes per item for today's meeting. Each speaker will have two minutes to speak on a given item. Um, Mr. Clerk, will you please call our next item? Item two, chair's report. This is an information item. Thank you. Uh, so colleagues, while we were out on recess, the Transportation Authority joined our transportation partners in celebrating a number of important milestones. Um, I got to join officials and community members from across the region to celebrate BART's 50th anniversary event in Oakland. Uh, congratulations, Director Dufty. Um, a highlight was opening up the time capsule from the 40th anniversary event and putting new, new items, a BART Pride sticker in my case, um, in a time capsule to be opened in another 10 years. I also thank the BART board and staff uh, for their constant efforts to improve the system and keep the region moving. It is hard to imagine the Bay Area without BART but I was reminded that the vote to create BART passed by only 1%, um, which goes to show the impact that the decisions and investments we make today can have on future generations. 
as we continue planning for a growing region while striving to turn the tide on the climate crisis. I certainly hope that all of us here at the TA and in San Francisco will keep that in mind. Um, and I am happy to note um, as, as the voters are thinking about the future that uh, the Chronicle has endorsed Proposition L um, along with lots of other great endorsers. Um, second, we heard some big news on the Central Subway with the MTA announcing that service will begin on November 19th. The Transportation Authority has been a longtime funding partner for this project, which was originally conceived to restore access and connections to Chinatown that were lost following removal of the Embarcadero Freeway, and that is now poised to be a major boon for residents, workers, and visitors to Soma, Union Square, and Chinatown. Earlier this month, the Mayor, Vice Chair Peskin, and other local leaders welcomed Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to San Francisco for a tour of the Central Subway and thanked him for helping to pass the bipartisan infrastructure law, as well as for the federal Transit Administration's support for the project. We certainly look forward to welcoming the Secretary back again soon to learn more about our key transportation priorities. In particular, I know the Secretary has our next major rail project on his radar, the Caltrain Downtown Extension, or DTX, which will further strengthen regional connectivity and support economic recovery of our city and state by eventually bringing California high-speed rail to San Francisco. Over the past couple of months, Transportation Authority staff have continued supporting the efforts of the TJPA to advance this project, and I sincerely hope that the Metropolitan Transportation Commission will support a multi-year endorsement of DTX for critical state, fund, state transit funds this fall ahead of the project's request to the Federal Trans Transit Administration to enter the project engineering phase. Uh, thanks again to Commissioner Ronan for your advocacy as our representative at MTC. Um, September is transit month in San Francisco, as I think we all know. I joined uh, Mayor Breed, Senator Weiner, and some District 8 Muni riders to ride the historic F streetcar from Castro to City Hall um, to join many of you in a rally for transit at the beginning of the month. I want to again thank the San Francisco Transit Riders for putting on this event and the month-long ride contest for the seventh year in a row. It's always inspiring to see so many voices in the community coming together for safe, reliable um, transit, for the safe, reliable transit system San Francisco deserves. And finally, a word of thanks um, to Jacob Bintliff in my office, who has been uh, with me for nearly three years and has been getting me ready for these TA uh, board meetings during that time, among many other um, uh, things he has uh, done uh, and um, many things I am grateful for and will miss. Um, Jacob will be leaving uh, in October um, prior to our next meeting as a board, and so I wanted to say a thank you to Jacob. Um, and with that, I will conclude my remarks. Um, and before our director's report, is there any public comment in the chamber? Nope. Um, is there any public comment online? Checking for public comment for item two. There is no public comment. All right, public comment on item two is closed. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call item three. Item three, executive director's report. This is an information item. Good morning, uh, Chair Mendelman and commissioners. I begin my report today with a, a bit of more good news from the federal government. Uh, the SFMTA in uh, earlier September was awarded $23 million in federal raise grant funds for the Howard Street 
uh, streetscape improvement project. Uh, this was a part of the U.S. Department of Transportation Office uh, of the Secretary's award program, and it will support safer streets on Howard and to complement parallel improvements on Folsom Street. Uh, so together, uh, they will benefit the commuters and neighbors and visitors um, in that area, a very busy area. And we also join SFMTA in thanking Speaker Pelosi, Secretary Pete Buttigieg um, and, and USDOT staff for this funding. Additionally, um, thanks to uh, in part the leadership of Senators Diane Feinstein and Alex Padilla, we're very pleased that the appropriations bill um, included funding to direct community-based uh, grant funds to two projects, Caltrain Electrification for $10 million and $2.2 million for our Yerba Buena Island Westside Bridges retrofit project. So $12 million uh, we anticipate will be included in the, uh, the federal budget. Uh, and thanks again to our senators for their leadership and their support. In terms of the state uh, funding front, on uh, August 25th, CARB, the California Air Resources Board, has set um, a new rule and a, on a path towards zero emission vehicles. Um, there's a now year-by-year -year roadmap for 100% of new cars and light-duty trucks sold in California to be zero emission by 2035. And this regulation also includes provisions that enhance equity in the transition to zero emission vehicles, um, as well as provides consumer certainty about this long-term policy, uh, as well as the industry. Now, the Biden administration does need to still approve the new requirements before the plan can take effect. Um, and 17 other states do have um, plans to adopt California's tailpipe emission rules, and 15 have backed uh, California's zero emission vehicle requirements. So the rule will not only expedite California's transition to clean vehicles, but will impact standards throughout the nation. Um, so thank you to CARB for, for that leadership, and uh, we look forward to tracking this uh, through funding programs as well. As well, at the state level, the California High-Speed Rail Authority in August adopted the uh, certified the final environmental impact statement and report for the 43-mile Bay Area segments of high California High-Speed Rail from San Jose to San Francisco. Now, within the Peninsula Corridor, High-Speed Rail will share the electrified Caltrain tracks and system in a blended arrangement connecting Salesforce Transit Center to um, two points south all the way down eventually to Los Angeles. Uh, we have been submitting comments together with SFMTA and SF Planning, expressing support for the continued development of the system and highlighting the need to continue to work toward uh, rail partner funding uh, for the downtown rail extension, as well as the grade separation for the planned Pennsylvania Avenue extension um, through the Mission Bay area. And uh, this past weekend, I was very pleased to join um, federal and regional uh, officials and community members at the Caltrain electrification uh, celebration for the first electric train sets to come to the Bay Area, to, to, to the, our region. Uh, so congratulations to Caltrain on this important milestone. Uh, this marks the uh, first new electric train sets to replace the diesel locomotives that are uh, running up and down the peninsula and have been really a diesel system for 150 years. So this will greatly reduce like 97% reduction in emissions. I don't know about this remaining 3%, but we'll call it pretty much, I think, uh, emission-free. And then we have lower noise impacts and faster service from the electrification system itself. 
So the Transportation Authority was proud to contribute $141 million uh, to this investment uh, toward a large state and federal partnership that was uh, put together for the electrification project itself. And so thank you to Commissioner Walton for serving on Caltrain Joint Powers Board. And we look forward to bringing many, many benefits, including new access to the Bayview uh, through a new station in the coming years. Now, one more regional update. In August, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, in conjunction with BART and other transit agencies uh, participating in the Clipper system, launched a two-year pilot program that gives participants unlimited travel on most systems in the Bay Area, with the exception of special event services um, to or from Oracle Park. But this is a pilot to enable students uh, to have access to a Clipper Bay Pass. Now, this is a... Um, multi-system pass for students at Santa Rosa Junior College, UC Berkeley, San Jose State University, and San Francisco State University. So uh, all those folks will be able to select affordable, um, excuse me, also in addition, there will be select affordable housing community uh, participants from the mid-pen housing uh, folks. Now we're tracking the pilot closely as it serves a model for our three agency Treasure Island Pass with Muni, AC Transit, and the Water Emergency Transportation Authority, and this will really help promote mobility, uh, giving folks access to multiple systems through a single multi-agency multi pass, again called the Bay Pass. So we'll provide updates on that as it rolls out. Turning to local um, issues and updates, we want to thank Assemblymember Ting for obtaining state funds for SF Rec Park's rebuild of Portsmouth Square, but also an additional $1 million to implement safety improvements on Walter Ulam Place, which is the western edge of the Portsmouth Square uh, Park. The improvements will include wider sidewalks, pedestrian lighting, and streetscaping that were identified through community outreach planning um, as part of the TA's 2020 Portsmouth Square Community-Based Transportation Plan requested by Vice Chair Peskin. And two study updates. Um, our school access plan, which was requested by Commissioner Marr, uh, is in full swing with an online survey. Uh, the um, study will be looking at ways to provide kindergarten through fifth grade students and their families better ways to commute um, and provide more better options. Now, earlier in the year, we did convene focus groups to hear about the key challenges that caregivers and parents face in terms of the school trip. Um, we've come up with no numerous strategies to address those challenges and ideas. Now we're giving folks a chance to weigh in. Uh, the survey will be available through October at our website, sfcta.org, and we also anticipate bringing an update to the Transportation Authority Board, to you all, um, and to the CAC, our Community Advisory Committee, in October. Um, I think we might be also updating folks through Commissioner Omar's upcoming public meeting, so um, folks can certainly uh, contact our staff for more information, sfcta.org slash school access. Turning to Treasure Island, we are also conducting outreach on our upcoming um, autonomous shuttle pilot project. Uh, this is a key element of the Treasure Island Development Plan, Transportation Plan. It's an on-island shuttle that will enable folks to move around the neighborhood without uh, relying on, on, on automobiles supplementing and complementing the 25 line that currently serves the uh, Treasure Island neighborhoods. The purpose is to better understand how uh, the community and, and riders um, respond to the new technology and see how it operates in a mixed uh, traffic environment on the islands. It'll be the first, I think, um, pilot of the autonomous vehicle shuttle services uh, on public roadways in California. 
Uh, so it's a very important um, effort, and we've appreciated the partnership of SFMTA, Office of Economic and Workforce Development, and have already been also working and meeting with labor uh, community leaders as well to make sure that we're uh, identifying ways to help transition uh, the industry toward some of these newer technologies and services. Um, Treasure Island residents and businesses and anyone really can take our survey. This will be at sfcta.org slash Treasure Island Shuttle. Uh, finally, two more quick updates. The Better Market Street Project Phase 1 construction contract was awarded, and that does cover 5th to 8th streets. Um, this Better Market Street project is getting ready to start construction and upgrade uh, those few blocks. The new street improvements include, again, bulb outs, curb ramps, trees, benches, bike racks, and traffic signal upgrades. Um, and we will be bringing you updates, I think, in the coming month on that project. Uh, that's a, a closely coordinated effort, of course, with multiple city agencies. And finally, we do have one um, outreach effort underway at the Trans Bay level from Oakland to Treasure Island to San Francisco with MTC and Alameda Partners. This is the Trans Bay Multimodal Corridor Plan. There's already been some outreach uh, to, on the islands itself as well as with the East Cut neighborhood. Um, so again, our website does include some uh, surveys to further weigh in on ways to cross the bay, not only through BART and AC Transit and Ferry, but also through the new connections on Treasure Island, uh, such as biking and micro-mobility, as well as a, a multi-use pedestrian path. So we invite folks to take part in that survey as well. On the sales tax front, um, through the end of 2022, I'm really pleased to report that we did collect $104.8 million, uh, which is 21% higher than our 2021 fiscal 21 revenue and exceeds the budget amendment forecast of 93 million by 13%. Uh, so we are tracking that and hope to continue to see those re revenues rise with the city's economic recovery. TNC tax revenues are also on the rise. This is our Prop D uh, tax on ride hail trips within San Francisco. So the overall revenues uh, in fiscal 22 uh, came in at 12 million, up from 5.7 million in fiscal 21. Uh, and there's a graph in, in my report to show how the trends have have um, have continued to rise, and the, we're also trying to collect some trip data to better understand the nature of those trips. And then with that, I just want to also add our staff's thanks to Jacob, um, uh, Chair Mandelman, your, uh, uh, your aid for all transportation items. We could not be doing our work without him and really wish him all the best and thank him for his efforts. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, I think you're going to have to turn my mic on and off because I think the setup up here does not allow me to do it. Um, uh, let's open the director's report to public comment. In the chamber, I don't see any uh, virtual. Excuse me, Chair. I just need to note that we did receive one public comment on this item, which has been posted to our website. Great. Thank you. And do we have any remote public comment? Checking for public comment for item number three. There is no public comment. All right. Uh, public comment on item three is closed. Mr. Clerk, please call the next item. Item four, approve the minutes of the September 13, 2022 meeting. This is an action item. Right. I do not see any comments or questions from colleagues. Let's open this item to public comment in the chamber. And there doesn't appear to. And Balboa Park stations. SFCTA staff and, and Director Chang uh, have um, uh, 
committed to continue the work with BART to fully fund next generation uh, fare gates uh, at the remaining San Francisco stations at Embarcadero, Montgomery, and Glen Park. In fact, the BART team is already working with SFCTA on the upcoming funding opportunity, the Local Partnership Program, which is a competitive one. BART wholeheartedly supports the staff recommendation, which includes funding for all three BART priority projects. And I just want to say I know that um, hopefully our next president of the BART board is awaiting to comment uh, virtually, and so I will complete and thank you all and and I really do feel that uh, working through the EPAC process that uh, our BART directors, Director Simon, myself and Director Lee have really um, established very strong relationships with you and your appointees and we feel really good about what's been accomplished this year. So let me say thank you again. Thank you Director Dufty and do we have Director Lee um, remotely? Yes, I'm here. I don't know if you can see or hear me. We can hear you and now we can see you. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much, Chair Mandelman um, and commissioners. I, of course, just want to echo Director Dufty's remarks and in particular thank Commissioners Ronan and Safayi for uplifting equity and the need to sort of do it all. It actually gives me a lot of hope that this board is wanting to fund it all and recognizes the deep need for investments in our transit system, even really unsexy ones like elevator construction design and certainly next generation fare gates. Um, I particularly want to thank the quick work of SFCTA staff um, and BART staff in coming together and figuring out a path forward. Um, so thank you for your time and thank you, you know, for your yes vote on this today. Thank you, Director Lee. Um, and if there are no uh, members of this board who want to weigh in, let's open this item to public comments. Is there any in the chamber? Seeing none, do we have any online? Checking for a public comment for item number seven. There is no public comment. All right, public comment on item seven is closed. Is there a motion to approve item seven? Moved by Safai, is there a second? Seconded by Ronan. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Mar. Aye. Mar, aye. Commissioner Melgar. Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan. Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie. Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton. Walton, aye. There are 10 ayes. The item is approved. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call our next item. Item 8, final approval on first appearance. Adopt a support position on Proposition 30, the Clean Cars and Clean Air Act. This is an action item. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, colleagues, we have been asked to weigh in in support of Proposition 30, which is on the November ballot. Um, other TAs uh, around the uh, state, as well as count councils and boards of supervisors, have weighed in in support. Um, Prop 30 is a measure that would raise three to $5 billion annually over the next 20 years to provide incentives for consumers and businesses to buy electric vehicles and funding programs to support EV charging infrastructure in residential buildings and homes, including multifamily buildings, as well as public charging stations. Some of the funds would also be designated to support wildfire response and prevention. The transportation sector is the number one leading source of greenhouse gas emissions in San Francisco, as well as statewide, and widespread EV adoption will be critical to meeting our climate action goals. 
while our Climate Action Plan has set ambitious targets for EV use and the state has set similar policy goals, including uh, the recent action to phase out the sale of combustion vehicles by 2035, the hard part is going to be actually building out the infrastructure we need and helping people, especially low-income folks and small businesses, buy these vehicles over the next decade. Um, so I am supporting this. I think it makes sense for us to do this um, as a body. Um, we also have Amber Crabb, um, our public policy manager, uh, to present and answer any questions um, folks may have. Ms. Crabb. Great. Thank you, Chair and Commissioners. So uh, Proposition 30 will raise approximately $100 billion over 20 years through a 1.75% uh, increase in income tax for personal income over $2 million. It would also sunset earlier than that uh, if the state achieves its uh, greenhouse gas emission goals uh, uh, for three consecutive years. So uh, as the chair noted, 80% of the funding will be used to support zero emission vehicle transition, and then 20% would be to support wildfire suppression and prevention efforts. So within the zero emission vehicle category, 45% of the proposition spending would be for a zero emission vehicle affordability program. This would include incentives for the purchase of vehicles uh, for members of the public and businesses uh, and governments and transit operators. So it also could support investments like transit passes and e-bikes. The remaining 35% would be for a zero emission investment uh, an infrastructure program, and this would be for charging infrastructure in multifamily homes, um, other homes, uh, and businesses, and public locations. So the proposition also mandates that half of the revenues uh, go to support and benefit uh, disadvantaged communities and low-income communities. So there are some budget impacts to the proposition. The state has recently invested significant funding in zero emission vehicles, and this funding uh, would not supplant that, but would provide a steady ongoing going source of revenues uh, over the life of the measure. It does, um, however, reduce the state's flexibility over the budget by committing funds to these expenditures um, because a portion of the revenues would go toward the constitutionally mandated state appropriation limit or the GAN limit. And that means that if the state does hit the GAN limit, if, as it has over the past uh, few years, it still couldn't reduce these expenditures and would require higher spending cuts um, elsewhere. So finally, Proposition 30 uh, commits funding from this particular source of uh, revenue that could otherwise via either legislation or another ballot initiative um, be used to support other types of investments. So as far as endorsements, uh, it's been endorsed by a wide range of stakeholders for many of the reasons that the chair outlined. This includes environmental and public uh, interest organizations, public health organizations, some labor organizations, uh, business groups, and private industries, as well as the uh, San Francisco Chronicle and Mayor Breed. So with respect to opposition, uh, Governor Newsom has really been leading this effort. Other opponents include uh, teacher organizations, other business groups and chambers of commerce, and taxpayer organizations. Uh, so the reasons for this opposition uh, are in part due to the impacts on the state budget that I outlined, but then also uh, 
a concern over the initiative's potential benefit for private industries and Lyft in particular, which uh, has been a major uh, contributor to both the signature gathering effort and the um, election campaign. So we are recommending uh, support uh, for the reasons the chair outlined as uh, basically vehicle, vehicle electrification being a major uh, strategy to uh, how the city and state can advance its greenhouse gas emission reduction goals. Our state legislative program also includes uh, the goal of advancing the adoption of zero emission vehicles, including through uh, new state funding sources and while the measure may indeed help private industries, including Lyft, it also would help members of the public and uh, government fleet transitions. And this includes transit agencies, which are facing their own zero emission uh, bus electrification mandates in the near term. So looking forward, if this bill passes, the distribution of the funding will be determined by the California Energy Commission and their resources board. And uh, we would, at the staff level, if it's approved, definitely engage actively in these efforts to maximize the funding for uh, transit agencies in particular. So I would be happy to answer any questions. I believe Mark Watts, our state legislative advocate, is also on the phone. All right. Thank you, um, mm -hmm. Ms. Crabb. Um, I don't see comments or questions from colleagues, so let's open this item to public comment. I don't think there's anybody in the chamber. Um, let's see if uh, we have. Checking for public comment for item number eight. I see public comment. There's no, was that, there's no public comment? I do see public oh, comment. Oh, you do see public comment. All right, let's hear it. Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hi, uh, my name is Stuart Cohen. I'm the uh, founder of the nonprofit Transform. I'm now senior policy advisor to them and uh, we are uh, supporting Prop 30 and hope that uh, you do as well. Um, I just wanted to help clear the air a little bit on what some of the governor's uh, kind of statements have been, which really have had quite a bit of misinformation in, in them, uh, you know, saying that the funding scheme was really devised to help one company lift, and really nothing is further from the truth. And uh, tomorrow there's gonna be a press conference kind of outlining the origins of this uh, initiative and how it was developed for about two years by environmental and environmental justice organizations. Uh, I was one of the four people that initially helped put it together. Um, and uh, it was only after uh, we had developed uh, kind of the, all of the details and had tried to raise the money that we were unable to find uh, the funding uh, to do the signature gathering. And it was then at the very last minute uh, that list came in uh, to to help kind of get us over the line uh, to have the funding that was needed. Uh, and so a lot of the things that are in here, the support for transit to uh, help shift over our public transit vehicles uh, and meet those state mandates uh, without big hits uh, to the transit general funds um, is gonna be very important. School buses, so our kids are going on clean buses uh, to school instead of diesel. Uh, and then of course, a lot of help, uh, as Amber mentioned, 50% uh, 
to benefit disadvantaged communities, including making sure there's dedicated pots to things like uh, multifamily housing charging stations. Uh, so uh, we urge you to support uh, this proposition. Uh, really nothing in my mind is more important uh, than taking on the climate challenge and doing it in a way that prioritizes justice. Uh, and that's exactly what this proposition does. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Is that it? Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Augustina Ullman, and I work at SPUR, a Bay Area nonprofit non public policy organization. SPUR is also in strong support of Prop 30. Climate change is having a devastating impact on California. The American Lung Association estimates that California has the worst air quality in the country. Nine out of 10 of the state's worst wildfires have occurred in the last decade. And of course, we can't forget about the unprecedented heat waves of the last month. Prop 30 would provide the long-term funding needed to address the impacts of transportation and wildfires, the two largest sources of climate emissions and air pollution. The measure would generate tens of billions of dollars for California and San Francisco's priorities including potentially billions of dollars to support transit agencies transitioning to zero emission buses and ferries, school districts transitioning to zero emission school buses, and local governments transitioning their complex fleet of on and off road vehicles to zero emission. The measure centers equity by raising taxes only on the richest 0.2%, those who earn over $2 million a year and by requiring that half of investments directly benefit low-income and disadvantaged communities. Prop 30 will fund many of our state's highest priorities and will bring critical investment to San Francisco and the Bay Area. Burr is part of a broad coalition supporting Prop 30, including the state building trades, state firefighters, the Democratic Party, environmental, environmental justice, and public health groups like the NRDC and American Lung Association, the Association of Bay Area Governments, and dozens of elected officials across the state. Spur joins them in urging you to support it. Thank you for your time. Thank you, caller. Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Emily Garcia. I am here to speak on behalf of NRDC Action Fund for NRDC. Uh, in the last five years, California have witnessed the largest number of acres burned in record history, nearly 9 million acres, and California's transportation sector alone accounts for nearly 50% of the state's greenhouse gas emissions. Devastating fire and poor air quality threaten the health of more than 38 million American, uh, Californians across the state. To help solve this crisis, we need to address the largest source of climate and air pollution, tailpipes, and the biggest impact of climate change, wildfires. Proposition 30 will invest around $100 billion over the next 20 years in programs to zero out tailpipe pollution by increasing the access to zero emission cars, trucks, and buses that are needed to changing the infrastructure and in programs to prevent and fighting wildfires. And half the zero emission vehicles and clean mobility investments will be made in low income and disadvantaged communities, most burdened by vehicle pollution. We hope you will consider supporting Proposition 30 to help California in the fight to lower emissions, tackle air pollution, combat wildfires, and ultimately lead us towards a climate safe and just future with cleaner air for our communities. Thanks for your time. 
Thank you, caller. Chair, I see no further public comment. All right, public comment on item eight is closed. Um, thank you, uh, Ms. Crabb. Um, is there a motion to approve item eight? Moved by Dorsey, seconded by Ronan. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? All night, there are 10 ayes. The item is approved. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, please call item nine. Item nine, internal accounting report, investment report, and debt expenditure report for the quarter ended June 30, 2022. This is an information item. Um, we have Cynthia Fong, Deputy Director for Finance and Administration. Good morning, everyone. Um, yes, this is your update for the June 30th, 2022 financial um, internal accounting report. Today, we only have the investment and debt compliance as we are all closing the book citywide. I'll be back in December with the, the results for our, our annual audit. So in June um, 30th, 2022, we had approximately $107 million in our bank accounts. 49% of it was sitting in the treasury tax pool. Um, the investments are in compliance with the California state government code in addition to the TA's board adopted investment policies. We also have enough funds um, to substantially uh, cover, cover expenditures up for the next six months. Uh, in terms of debt compliance, um, as you all remember, we have an outstanding, oh, well, we have a, a approximately $125 billion revolving credit agreement um, that we can draw upon. There has been no draws within the last quarter. In addition, we continue to make our principal and interest payments timely for our 2017 sales tax revenue bond. Um, one special item to note during the quarter, um, Fitch, rating, um, Fitch rating came to our agency and uh, reaffirmed our AAA rating. This is the highest rating that the Transportation Authority can achieve. Uh, they have also indicated there would be a, financial, a stable financial outlook. And as the executive director reported earlier today, we see a 21% increase in sales tax revenues as compared to the prior fiscal year. With that, I'm happy to take any questions and to end this, end this presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Director Fong, for the um, good news and the excellent work. And we will open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who wishes to make public comment on this item, please step forward. And seeing nobody coming forward, um, let's see if we have any uh, virtual public comment, remote public comment. Checking for remote public comment for item number nine. There is no public comment. Thank you, public comment item nine is closed. And uh, Mr. Clerk, please call item 10. Item 10, introduction of new items. This is an information item. Um, I do not see anyone in the queue. So let's please uh, call item 11. Item 11, public comment. Uh, if there is anyone in the chamber who would make, like to make general public comment, please come forward. And I don't think anybody is. So let's see if we have any remote uh, public comment on item 11. Checking for remote public comment for item 11. Yes, there is public comment. All right, let's hear it. 
Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Good morning, Commissioners Roland to Brian San Jose. I would like to touch on the bulb system issues that have made it very challenging for constituents who rely on BART to cross the bay reliably and in, and in a timely fashion over the last couple of weeks. Moving forward, I urge the authority to consider requesting a presentation by the linked 21 team on the crossing alternatives currently under consideration, including the Salesforce Transit Center and the potential for linking Mission Bay to points west in West San Francisco. This concludes my remarks. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Chair, I see no further public comment. All right, um, public comment on item 11 is closed. Mr. Clerk, please call item 12. Item 12, adjournment. We are adjourned.